does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Joining us now, NFL senior writer for Sports Illustrated, Matt Verderam, taking some time with us here on the program. Matt, I want to get into a lot of different scenarios with you today and appreciate you as always for coming on. A mix of Colts in there as well as they continue their push for the playoffs. But I know I'm giving in to the national overlords. I know that I am kind of bending the knee to everything that he wants out of this. But because he wants to dominate the headlines, this is where I have to start. Is Aaron Rodgers really going to play again this season? Or is this all just a bit and, hey, he's practiced, so he beat science, he beat the media, and that's all that matters? Um, I mean, if I'm being honest, I definitely think it's more the latter than the former. Yeah. I think this is a lot about how much attention he can possibly milk out of this before the season's over. Totally agree. And then nobody cares. Um, I mean, I, let's put it this way. Whether he wants to play or not, if the Jets play him, everybody involved in that decision should be fired immediately. <laughs> like, you're four and seven, and you can't block anybody. And by the time he's back, what are you going to be? Five and nine, four and ten? What is the point of this? I mean, what is, like, I understand the, the, the rationale, even if I wouldn't agree with it. If they were sitting here and they were seven and four, and you were like, look, man, if he comes back, like, they got a real shot. The AFC is a weird conference this year. Okay, I can hear that a little bit more. You're four and seven. You have no talent on that offense outside of Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. None. So the idea that bringing him back is going to somehow magically make this season a success, like, I don't really care what his opinion is on science. I, I, don't, I don't really care what his opinion is on the media. The, the, the same group of people he says – he can't stand that gives him attention when all he wants is constant attention. Like I, I look at it and just say, you're not. Nobody's benefiting from this. Nobody except for Rogers' ego if he steps on a football field this year. And Matt, I, I, I could not agree more. Look, the guy's a wonderful talent. There is no doubt about that. Yeah. He's a he's a tremendous talent. And and in in some regards, for a long time, you know, came off like a pretty cool guy. But at the same time. At some point, you have to look at the fact that it, all aspects and angles of his life are surrounded with drama, and it's almost like he invites and welcomes the drama, and so therefore, he kind of loses credibility on this being anything having to do with being credible, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I just, like, he, if you're just talking about football, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live, and there's no denying that. He's a four-time MVP. He's a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. I mean, on, on down the list. He, he is a guy who will walk into Canton, and rightfully so. At the same point, and I'll up front say, I don't know him personally. I, I have not had any real interaction with him. I don't think I've even ever been to presser with him. Um, never covered the Packers on, on my way to SI. But I would say that, um, at, you know, I, I was up in Green Bay a couple times this offseason season writing a feature on Jordan Love, being up there during my training camp tour. And I, I didn't sense either from the team or from the fans that there was this big, like, man, it stinks Aaron's not here anymore. I mean, I think it was kind of like, all right, you know what? It's probably time to move on. Probably time to go to Jordan Love and see what happens. And with as far as Rodgers as a human being, I mean, look, I, again, don't know the guy personally, but when 
everything you do seems to be for your own benefit or for attention or to stir the pot. And then when you stir the pot and it boils over, you back away and say, well, it's not my fault. The boiler is too hot. That, that at some juncture becomes tiresome. The Jets were willing to take the plunge because the Jets haven't won a Super Bowl since the advent of color TV and had to do something. And at this point, are basically having the whole organization be run by him, which is why they have Alan Lazard, which is why they have Randall Cobb, which is why they have Tim Boyle and Nathaniel Hackett. And it has not gone well to, to this point, to say the least. Matt Verderim of SI is our guest. One of your latest columns, Week 13 NFL Playoff Picture. Falcons, Colts marching towards the preseason. Or, excuse me, the postseason, obviously, Matt. Um, let's talk about the Colts, obviously. You know, is this a product of Shane Steichen's guiding hand, or is it the product of taking advantage of a schedule when you had games that were winnable and winning the games that you're supposed to win? I think two things can be true at once. Like they've won these games that they should win, but also let's be real. I, mean, I remember in the preseason, I'll, I picked the Colts to have the worst record in the AFC. I, mean, I thought going into the year, I loved Richardson's upside. And I, and I thought Steichen would be a really good head coach. But I just looked at the roster and said, look, they're going to have to rely on a lot of young guys. You don't know what you're getting out of Shaq Leonard with all the injuries. Um, Jonathan Taylor, at, the point, yeah, at that time, was a huge question mark. Did he ever even play for the Colts again? Um, it was a team, you know, they were my second stop, my training camp tour. And I really liked what I saw to some of the younger guys like Downs. But I also sat there and said, I don't, I mean, it's hard to win in this league when you're relying on a ton of, of young guys, especially guys in, in their first, you know, head coaching gig and their first time as an NFL quarterback. And obviously with Richardson, unfortunately, his year was cut shy. But um, I think Steichen, I thought he'd be a good head coach. I think he's been excellent. I think he's done, gotten everything out of this team you could possibly get out of him. And look, they, they have real shots to make the playoffs here. I mean, they're 6-5. and five. Their schedule is not daunting. I mean, this is a schedule that you look at and go, okay, look, they can beat the Raiders at home. They already beat Houston on the road. They could beat them at home the last game of the year. Atlanta, I would argue the Colts are flat out a better team than Atlanta is. Uh, the Raiders, that's a game at home. She went, like, if, they, if the Colts get to 10, they're probably going to make the playoffs. Uh, and that Steelers game is huge because that's a game you look at. So if you win that game, you have a breaker there. The one thing that hurts them is the breaker that they probably should have that they don't with Cleveland. Um, but – you know, I don't think Indy's going to catch Jacksonville or anything like that, but I, I absolutely think the Colts have a real shot to get into the playoffs. And I don't care what happens in the playoffs. If they get to the postseason, that's a tremendous year. Matt, I've been waiting for the last three or four weeks. Matt Verderam of SI.com is our guest. For one of those teams in that 5-6 range, most notably Pittsburgh and Cleveland, to fall off, and the further we get – the more they are able to stay afloat and keep their head above water of those last couple playoff spots, five, six, and seven is only seven in play or are they all in play with question marks still around both Cleveland and Pittsburgh offensively? No, they're still all in play. I think because look, the only game back now, the, the Cleveland because of the tiebreakers, the harder one, but Cleveland is a quarterback. I mean, the, the right. Browns are <laughs> winning games with Dorian Thompson-Robinson and P.J. Walker, both of whom this year, and let's just say what it is, I mean, both of whom have been awful. I mean, neither one of them has played any kind of reasonable football. Um, the Steelers, 
They finally had over 400 yards last week in a game for the first time, by the way, since week two of the 2020 season. It's a great I mean, stat. It's unbelievable. So they fire Matt Cannon and immediately go over 400 yards. Now, it's against the Bengals team that defensively this year has given up a ton of yards to everybody. Um, but, you know, the, the problem the Colts face is the Steelers play a fairly easy schedule. Okay, They've got the, the Bengals at home, they've got the Cardinals at home this week, and then they've got the Pats on a Thursday night at home. If they win those three games, that's 10. Now, you could argue, though, if the Colts could beat them, they might only get the 10 wins because the rest of their schedule is difficult. They've got to go to Baltimore. They've got to go to Seattle. So I think that game is the key game for the Colts. If the Colts can beat Pittsburgh and then find three other wins on the schedule, so I think, look, they should beat the Raiders at home. The Titans are a better team than I know it's on the road. They, they, in my opinion, should win that game. Then the Falcons, you get that game. Um, Houston at home, all winnable. It's, it's a slate where the Colts, I think the Pittsburgh game's huge. And the Browns, they're probably going to get to 10. They get the Jets at home, the Bears at home. They also play Jake Browning and the Bengals. Um, but I think, I think any of those seeds are possible for the Colts, uh, for sure. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Matt, I assume that you do. Matt Verderam from SI.com is our guest. I assume that you do a fair number of radio interviews like the one that you are currently doing with us. And I am prepared for you to say that what I'm about to ask you is the dumbest question that you've been asked amongst any market that you've talked to in the last six weeks, okay? It's a high bar. It's a high bar. <laughs> Probably. This season – to me, and I think to a lot of people, including the Colts, from the get-go, in the beginning, was about the development of Anthony Richardson and building a roster around Anthony Richardson and itemizing that roster and doing an inventory of what you had that you could run with and build with for him. And then he goes out, obviously, and that changes. And it's yeah. it's great what they've done. Is there a possibility that if the Colts were to get into the playoffs and continue to win in a very manageable remaining schedule – that what they are in fact doing is a little bit of damage towards next season when Richardson, assuming he's healthy, is then thrown to the Wolves full-time because they've moved back in the draft and they've increased a more difficult schedule for him in his initial going in the NFL. It's not a dumb question. It's actually it's a good point, truthfully. But I would say this. If you're the Colts, well, what you just said is, and arguably true, if they do that, they, they will hurt their draft position and they will have a harder schedule. If I'm the Colts, I will gladly take that for the fact that we have changed the culture. Like, at some point, in the, like I'm an NBA, I'm a Knicks fan, okay, as much as I hate to admit that, although now they're decent, but for most of my life they've been an atrocity. Like, for years, fans always, well, Knicks fans always, oh, just tank, just tank, just tank, just tank, just tank. And it was always like, yeah, at some point you got to win a game. You got to do something. You got to change the culture. You tank all you want, but at some point you got to win. Now I know what the culture. I'm talking about tanking. We're talking about maybe the difference between going ten and seven or eight and nine. But I think if they get to the playoffs, even if they get killed the first round, even if they go to you know, Baltimore, where they, ironically they already won a game this year. But if they go up there, they go to Miami, they go to Kansas City, and, and look, it just it just is what it is. And they're outmatched, they're outgunned, they lose the game. Fine. The organization can walk out of the year going this team. Had a lot of adversity. Jonathan Taylor out a bunch of games. Anthony Richardson out most of the year. 
and we made the playoffs. And then you bring Richardson into that. Now you come into the next year with the standard of, hey, look, anything less than the playoffs is unacceptable. That's what we are now. I think there's a lot of value in that, and I'm willing to trade back five, six spots in the draft and have a second-place schedule instead of a third-place schedule to have that mentality going into next season. Matt, the Colts have put themselves in this position because what area or what player exceeded the expectation going in? There's a few guys you could point to for sure. I I think of as much as anybody, I remember looking at them in training camp and thinking – Michael Pittman Jr. is terrific. I think he's nationally very underrated. But you looked at the rest of the team and went, okay, well, who's going to be a guy? Like, who's going to help them out with Taylor, especially when he's not there? Downs has been fantastic. Yeah. Been really, really good. And, you know, he's been – if you look at the rookie receivers this year, I mean, Puka Niku is a guy everybody, of course, points to. He's been awesome. But there have been a lot of these guys who have come in – and proven to be really important options for teams that are contending to make the playoffs, whether you're talking about Downs or Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers or She Rice, guys who may not have 1,000 yards this year, but guys who have been really good for their teams, guys who have really stepped up and been that key second option, in some cases even a first option. Um, I think Downs has been so important to the offense because it gives you – a legitimate threat on the other side. It, it makes it a lot harder for teams to just say, hey, look, double Pittman, nobody else is going to beat us. So now you have this kid all of a sudden, it's like, no, he can beat you. He can win one-on-one. He can run a bunch of different routes. I think his development has, has propelled the Colts in a way that without him, I don't think they're sniffing the playoffs with him. They have a shot. Is it possible, Matt, that we have seen the last of Shaq Leonard? I think he's going to sign somewhere whether it's Dallas or Philly. Um, but I think it's possible that this could maybe the last year. I mean, listen, it's, it's a tough spot, and it's really unfortunate because he was so great before injuries really started to take their toll. And anybody who's ever had a back injury, I mean, guys will tell you, that, that's about as tough as it gets. Back, knee, Achilles, I mean, those are, those are injuries that if they don't heal 100%, they don't heal, heal properly, you're just not the same guy. And unfortunately for, for Shaq Leonard, it, he just never has really gotten back to being who he once was when he was the biggest turnover machine in the NFL. Um, I think he will play this year. I think a, a contending team will take a shot, hope they can get a couple good months out of him. But it's hard to watch his play in, in the last handful of years here and really feel like he's going to go somewhere and make a huge impact. I think it's, Unfortunately, I know he wants to go somewhere and be an every-down guy. That I don't think is in the cards. NFL writer for Sports Illustrated, Matt Verderam, is our guest. Matt, you mentioned in the early goings of this conversation the weirdness, for lack of a better phrase, of the AFC this year. The answer is probably all of the above. But what stands out to you the most is why it has been so helter-skelter as it has been. Has it been the... Chiefs being one of, in theory, the best offenses ever, but this year taking a step back because of wide receiver issues. Is it Joe Burrow going down, the regression of the Bills? Like, what stands out to you the most is the weirdest aspect of this conference this year. Yeah, I just think it was a conference going into the year. You looked at it and went, well, look at these quarterbacks, right? I mean, that was kind of the theme. I wrote a piece about it. I reported it. In fact, I talked to Shane Steichen about that. I talked to Gardner Minshew about it when I was in Indianapolis about how, you know, look at, Look at all these quarterbacks in this conference. It's just the greatest collection of quarterbacks 
in a conference ever. And, and I went back, I did all the research. I, mean, I went back to the beginning of the Super Bowl era. And coming, coming into the season, like, you could make a really compelling case that it was. And yet here we are. Rodgers got hurt. He's done. Whether or not he accepts that or not, he's done this year. They're, they're done. Burrow, out now for the season. They're not going to make playoffs. Herbert was banged up, but he's played every game. The Chargers are the Chargers, though, and so they're not going to make playoffs. Josh Allen, like, they're one loss away from being done, and they still got to go to Kansas City, go to Miami, go yeah. to the Chargers, host Dallas. Yeah, their schedule's they're grueling, man. It's insane. Like, they're probably not going to – I think they're going to be done at Arrowhead, quite honestly. I think Chiefs will handle them there, and that'll be it. Like, you look at this conference, and all these guys who you thought oh, they're going to they're gonna be there, now you're sitting there looking at it going, there's a really legitimate chance that Kenny Pickett and Dorian Robinson, uh, Thompson Robinson are going to be starting playoff games. I mean, in a conference where you feel like they have no shot, right? And yet here we are. I just think it's a lot of those things. I think it sets up for these teams that do have the quarterbacks, like Baltimore, like Kansas City, Jacksonville, where you look at it and go, those teams have got to be sitting there just thrilled to death. Um, but it, it's been a very weird year in the AFC. Is the current iteration of the Bills dead? Like, not to say that Allen's window is closed, but this right, iteration right. of them, are they are they done? Yeah, I think so. Because when you look at them going forward, they got a major cap crunch. They're going to have to get rid of some guys. A couple things have really hurt them. They haven't drafted well in the last handful of years. Now, Kincaid looks like he's going to be a good player for him. They've, just, they've not drafted well. Kyrie Elam, I mean, he spent most of the year being inactive. So... That was a brutal miss. Their last four draft classes just have not been good. And then on top of that, it's a team that's just because they haven't drafted well, they've had to keep re-signing these older veterans. Jordan Poyer was a great player at one point. He's done. He, he just can't play anymore. I, Von Miller, they gave him a six-year, $120 million contract. Von Miller has come off the torn ACL, and unfortunately, he just he has no juice. I mean, if you watch him, he can't get off the ball. There's no explosion. He he basically jogs off the off the line of scrimmage now. I mean they they just don't have the requisite talent to sustain any kind of injuries. And as everybody knows, the older you get, the more injury susceptible you are. Well, they've gotten older, and so you have Trey White out for the year, and you have some of these other guys. You know, Milano, who's, who's approaching thirty, still a great player. You know, he's up here. It's just. It's been a year of bad luck. It's also been a year that's kind of been building because they just have not been able to add to this roster. They're going to have to. They're going to have to retool it here this offseason. Matt, who's your all-time favorite Nick? Oh God! I mean, that, that, that I saw in my lifetime, I, the best Nick I ever saw was Ewing. My favorite Nick was John Starks. I love John Starks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. In Indianapolis, you know, there, hey, there were certain games where John Starks was Indianapolis's favorite Nick, and then other games like Game Six and '94 where he was the least yeah. favorite player of all time. Right? Oh, listen, I I got to tell you, as a kid, I'm 35. As a kid growing up, I hated the Pacers with a visceral passion. Like, I, I mean, I, everybody always thinks as a Nick, now you hate the Bulls. I didn't hate the Bulls. I was frustrated by the Bulls. I hated Reggie Miller. In fact. Years later, in my 20s, I met him at an event in Midtown Manhattan. And he was just standing by himself, and I went up to him, and I, you know, I was respectful. Hey, Mr. Miller, I want to tell you two things. One, you're a great player. Two, when I was a kid, I hated you. And he looked at me, and he's like, you a Knicks fan? I was like, yeah, I was. He's like, yeah, I always loved playing against you guys. He was such a nice guy. Man. I got to talk to him for a few minutes. I, I couldn't hate him after that, which really annoys me. Um but, y'all, God, the Knicks and the Pacers, those games. It was I so much fun, man. It. it was so much fun, right? Oh, I mean. It was it was a race to 80. 
<laughs> well, you know the thing that's funny about it, Matt, when you look back on those great rivalries, and it was great fun. Yeah. You know, some of the biggest players and factors in those series wouldn't even play in today's NBA. I, I You know what I mean? Like no. Anthony Mason, Charles Oakley, Dale Davis, Antonio Davis. I mean, they, yeah, they'd be on rosters, but it's a totally different game now. Totally different game. It was it was so much fun because the two teams were so similar in the way they totally. played. Yep. You know, I mean, look, people nationally forget. I can't forget him because he used to kill us. Was Smith? Oh yeah. I mean, he was he was a great center, and he would he would give the Knicks. I mean, so many games where we felt like Ewing would end up in foul trouble, and they put Mason on him, and it. But it was, <laughs> you know, it's great, I, man. I, I love those games. Uh, there was I I always remember as a Knicks fan whenever the Knicks had to go to Market Square Arena, I'm like, oh. They just never played while there. I still am shocked they won that game six in '94 that year. But they, I know. Um, Vern they Fleming were, got stripped. I, I just, I still wake up in a cold yeah. sweat. Derek Harper still oh. drives me nuts. I have nightmares about Derek Harper. He'd hit shots, oh. drove me nuts. If, if it makes you feel better, I wake up in a cold sweat screaming Charles Smith. Five in a row, right? <laughs> my my father to this day won't speak about Charles Smith. <laughs> Yeah, just get I one of those putbacks to go, back. please. Hey, Matt, oh, before we God. let you go, um, yeah. Shane Steichen, give me a moment this year, if there is one, but but give me something that might have taken place this year with the Colts with Shane Steichen where you, Matt Verderam, as a writer for SI.com, covering the NFL, you see a lot of coaches. Was there a time where you said to yourself, that's a reaction or a move or a game plan of a veteran coach and not a rookie coach, and that's impressive. Yeah, I'll give you two. I, actually, one of them, I was standing on the sideline during training camp. We were It was indoors in, in Westfield, and um, there was a play. I can't remember the receiver. It was a young receiver. It wasn't Downs. It was somebody I think who it was. It might have even been like Alec Pierce, somebody like that. And, you know, it was Minshew was throwing the ball, dropped back the pass, and threw a ball. And, and whoever the receiver was, he ran the wrong route. He, he, it was supposed to be a comeback, and he ran it go. Viking just went berserk. It was like one of those things. You know, like, like I had just come from the Bears camp, where the Bears, I don't think, would scream at one another if they were on fire. And Viking just started screaming at this receiver, and it was like, okay, wow, he he's not going to accept that. It's not just going to go by the boards. It was like, okay, that's that's interesting. But I thought during the regular season, it was actually a game they lost. It was the Rams game. When they got down big, and then they, they just kept chipping away, and they came back, and they fought their way back into it. And that, that was a game that I remember thinking, like, years, you know, in past years, would they have fought back and forced overtime in this game? Would they have, would they have stayed the court? Like, it was something that even though they lost, you walked away from it going, okay, they're gonna. They they have a plan, and they're gonna play for this coach. And I, I thought, even though they lost the game, it was a turning point in a lot of ways. Matt, I think it's a bridge too far. But does he belong in the coach of the year conversation? And regardless of how you feel on that, who ultimately wins it this year? Do you think? Um, he belongs in it. I don't think he'll win it. I think, you know, like if, if the Texans make the playoffs, to me, it's got to be Ryan. Yeah. If they get in the play, I mean, that team, the team's won ten games in the last three years combined. Like. If they win 10 or 11 games and make the playoffs, I think it's probably him. Plus, the way Stroud has played, he's been unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, I think, look, if, if the Vikings get in with Kevin O'Connell, you know, they, he deserves to be – Dan Campbell deserves to be in the conversation. I think people thought the Lions would be good, but the Lions have been very good. Um, but, yeah, if, if, the, if the Colts make the playoffs, Steichen absolutely 
should get a couple of votes. I don't think he'd win, but he deserves a lot of credit for taking a team that, again, people like me thought, like the future, present's probably a little tough, and here they are playing meaningful football in December without their starting quarterback and most of the year without Jonathan Taylor. That is a hell of an accomplishment. Go to SI.com. You can see who Matt has listed right now as the MVP stock watch, a clear-cut favorite emerging. Also, the 12 plays to watch again from week 12 of the NFL season. And then, of course, as I had mentioned, there is still the column about the Colts surging towards the postseason, all at SI.com for Matt Verderham. Matt, appreciate the time as always. Hey, you got it. Anytime. Matt Verderham from SI.com. 